we're all manifesting, whether we realize it or not. And it's understanding it that it's actually through your imagination that you tap into your intuition. Hi, and welcome to the All Too Well podcast. I'm your host, Erica Huss. I'm a wellness entrepreneur, a wellness expert, and your wellness whisperer here to make your journey towards better health just a little more comfortable and a little less cringy. And I know the word manifestation definitely can elicit some cringes, but stay with me, please. I promise you, this is a conversation you don't want to miss. I was doing the edit on this episode the other day, and I was just overjoyed with listening to all of the amazing pearls of wisdom that come from Jen Mazur, who is known as the, quote, queen of manifestation. She's got some amazing stories from her own life as to how she was able to really just readjust her mindset and open up herself to opportunities. And when she did that is when opportunities started coming to her. And that is really kind of the essence of what this word manifestation is really all about. And yes, I know it can get woo-woo. It can go way off into other galaxies and leave people feeling like, ugh, I can't, and a lot of eye rolls and whatever. This is not that. I promise you, we really, we got into... Just the the whole notion of you you have it within yourself to actually create what it is that you want for yourself and for your life, you really just have to kind of tap into that a little bit. And that's essentially what Jen does is she works with people one-on-one. She and I work together uh, in a one-on-one capacity, but she also has a group and a club where it's open to you know a broader audience. And it's really just these great little insights and kind of teaching you to think things through in a different way. And that so much of what creates change for all of us just really has to do with reframing your mindset and talking to yourself in a different way than what you're used to. And that in itself, I think, is a super powerful tool. And somebody like Jen can really help you to kind of hone that tool, um, to sharpen it, if you will. She's got a book called Manifesting Made Easy, and she also has a board game called Sparked. And these are all the different ways that you can access some of her really incredible knowledge and wisdom. And this is a fun chat. Uh, I think that there's something here for everybody. So I am excited to share it and I encourage you to have a listen. Thanks again. Welcome to you, Jen Mazur, queen of manifestation transformational speaker and coach, and also somebody that I just adore. And I'm so happy to have you. It's been so long. We finally get to do this. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Um, Well, I've not done very many episodes on the art of manifestation, even though it is something that I'm dabbling in myself and certainly with a big encouraging push from you back from the work that we did together. But uh, you are definitely the person to talk to about it. So let's get into it. I want to hear, first, you have to share your story and how you even got to where you are and what you're doing and how you became the queen of manifestation, because it's a fantastic story. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, I want to give some context for, for folks on the work that you do and how you came to do it. Yeah. Awesome. Sure. So I was always the friend in my circle of girlfriends who every time we got together, I had another outrageous story of something that I manifested. Um, And so they gave me the nickname queen of manifestation years ago in my friend group because I manifested living rent-free in Manhattan for over 10 years in the East Village in my own apartment that I Okay. We're going to get into that. (laughs) (laughs) With my jacuzzi bathtub and new kitchen and um, you know, started to become friends with people I used to admire, spiritual leaders, or like at a private cocktail party with Martin Scorsese or backstage at the UN with Whoopi Goldberg or just so many stories, right? And manifested my soulmate, my art in the New York Times and New York Magazine and um, traveled the world. I gave birth to both of my kids' home births the same exact day, nine years apart. Um, just so many synchronistic stories. Like you would be like, that's crazy. But it's not crazy. And people started to ask me, you know, how did you do this? And I started teaching it. And that's basically how it all evolved into um, Queen of Manifestation and my business and coaching and my book with Simon and Schuster. So many stories. So, I know. Yeah. I want I want you to tell some of the stories. <laughs> but before we even get there, I mean, this, this buzzword, this 
concept, this process, obviously in some circles and in some cultures has been around for a very long time, but I certainly think in our culture in here in 2024, it's not that old. It's not, it's not that, uh, we haven't been working at this as a culture for very long. So even when you say back in the the days where you manifested an apartment, like, and they called you, how did you, how are you thinking about it then? Or how, where did the word mm. or the concept even come to you that, that you were applying whatever principles you were? And it probably, mm. I don't even know if it was in a format necessarily, or if you were writing the book as you, as you went along, but where yeah. did the initial origins of that practice come for you? Honestly, it was very intuitive. I, I wasn't like, I didn't, you know, read somebody's book and have an aha moment. Um, I wasn't following someone else's system. Um, it was just what I was doing naturally. And I think my background as an artist and really informed the way I looked at the world because I literally experienced visualizing something in my own head that I wanted to create. And then I made it happen. And I, and I wasn't like concerned about what other people were, were going to think of me. I was just mm-hmm. like, yes, I'm doing this thing. I mean, I did crazy, you know, <laughs> art pieces and feminist work and, you know, pushing buttons. And um, I just did it because I wanted to do it. And I did yeah. what felt good to me. And I went to concerts, you know, that felt good to me and then became friends with musicians or, you know, just stories because yeah. that's just I was showing up authentically as myself doing what I loved and vibrationally people felt that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Ooh, there's something good about Jen that feels good and we want to hang out with her. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't really until my friends were like, she's the queen of manifestation. And I was like, Oh yes, I am the queen of manifestation. I mean, I knew <laughs> about manifesting and, you know, I'd, Obviously, I've read lots of different spiritual books and I went to India, you know, and studied yoga and lived in an ashram and all sorts of things um, and, you know, spent time in lots of other cultures. Um, But, you know, I was always a spiritual person and have had crazy spiritual experiences, but I don't think I was like, I am manifesting this, you know, and consciously thinking that necessarily. Um, Mm -hmm. But I did, you know, put things down. And and again, it was like what I was doing. I wrote my intentions and I, I acted as if, um, but I wasn't obsessive with it. And I think a lot of people get that wrong. They're like trying too hard to make things happen and they don't really understand how manifestation works. We're all manifesting whether we realize it or not. And it's understanding it that it's actually through your imagination that you tap into your intuition. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, Erica, you are making this happen. Like, you know, the All Too Well podcast, for example. It's like you kind of had this vision for the podcast, but you received it. So it's like you're receiving the universe's vision for you. And most people view it the opposite way. They think they have this idea and they're making it up. And then it's, you know, up to them to make it happen mm-hmm. versus like, I, I'm using my imagination and I'm opening up to anything as possible. And I'm actually, because I'm opening up and using my imagination, I'm actually tuning in and that's my intuition. And I'm receiving the universe's dream for me. And all that I need to do is just say yes. Mm-hmm. I'm just continuing to stay open versus closing it off. And I think manifesting is so much more about receiving and continuing to take action from a place of receptivity versus all the reasons why it can't happen. And we stop ourselves. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's so important and powerful as a concept because I think certainly, and I want to talk about this later, but I think certainly this word, this practice manifestation has a very woo-woo connotation to it. And I think it's very easy for people to dismiss it by saying that it's magical thinking, that it's not based in reality, that that's not really how the world works. And honestly, like if you fully believe all of that to be true and you're cutting yourself off to the possibility, then sure, you can certainly, just like anything else, you can manifest that manifestation as bullshit. But I think that to your point, what you just described it's so fascinating to me that it doesn't matter which vertical you look at it in. Right now we're in the more, we're using manifestation as our word in the vertical. But I did an interview a couple of weeks ago with a hypnotherapist and she 
was formerly a photographer. She talked all about how she used to work in a visual medium and she applied that experience to working with her clients where the most powerful thing that she can do is encourage them to have a clear vision of where it is they want to be, what it is they want to do, unlock, et cetera. It's less about manifestation and more about exactly what you just said. You have the visual in your mind, the most crystal clear visual you can have. And then just showing up and allowing it to come is really what it is. Yeah, it is. And we all have that ability and we're all doing it, whether we realize it or not. And now, thankfully, science is catching up to it. It's all saying the same thing, science and spirituality, right? And quantum physics. And so, you know, I've done psychic classes where I, you know, wanted to get clear on how my intuition is coming in. We all are walking around as energy towers, giving off information and receiving information all the time. That's that's what vibration really is, right? It's not like just these buzzwords of like high vibes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is that? Vibration is movement. We're all we're all in movement, right? If we were to zoom in at ourselves and see the molecules, it, the neurons and electrons are moving all the time, and and so we're vibrating. And same thing if we think about the on a large scale that the earth is rotating around its axis and it's rotating around the sun. You know, we're in movement on a large scale all the time, even though we feel like we're still. So movement and vibration is the natural state of the universe. We are vibrating. And the higher the the movement, the vibration, right, the more the attraction. And so if you're feeling stuck in your life, there's some sort of stuck, you're, you're not moving as fast, right? So there's something that's like blocking you. So it's about kind of things will happen. Obstacles will constantly show up, but how do I get back into that higher vibrational state the fastest? So I don't stay stuck. So I can continue to, you know, uh, attract the life that I want. And everything is connected. So even manifesting comes from a feeling place. It's not just, I'm going to recite an affirmation and, you know, and then it's going to happen, you know, or I'm like, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm with my soulmate or I'm making, you know, millions of dollars. And then all of a sudden my soulmate is in front of me and the, you know, money falls from the sky. Like, it's not like that. It's about, okay, number one, asking myself, like you said, the clarity, what do I want? Right. Getting clear on what you actually want, not just what you think you want based on what society says or what, you know, your parents or, you know, all, or your current circumstances make it appear like you should have. But like, if I could have anything, what would I want? If I could be anywhere, do anything, like getting really clear on giving yourself permission to Mm -hmm. have whatever you want. And then the second thing is, well, how would I feel if I have that thing that I want, right? Getting in touch with the feeling so that you can attach the feeling to what you want. So it's like, oh, when I'm with my soulmate, I'll feel loved or I'll feel secure or I'll feel like tingly and excited or whatever those feelings are that we want to feel. And then the third question is, well, how can I feel that way now? I might not have my soulmate, but I can do things that make me feel excited and tingly and secure and loved right now in this moment. And when I do those things, I'm shifting my own vibration. And then I'm a magnet to what I desire and more things come into me that are a match to that thing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh my God. It makes total sense. I love it. I get, I get tingly and excited (laughs) even just when you describe it that way. Um, Okay. So can you give the example either of your rent-free apartment in New York situation or your book uh, coming to fruition, whichever one you feel, I mean, I mean, they're both incredible stories. You can tell them both. I don't care what, but I, I want people to really understand exactly what happened for you and and what you did and what you didn't do in terms of forcing it versus yeah. allowing it. Yeah. Oh gosh. They're so, they're both great stories. So which one do I want to sh- share first? Um, <laughs> I think most people rent- would be curious. Yeah. How to, how the to live for free, free in yeah. New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always like anyone can, you know, not anyone can do both, but yes. <laughs> so I was living in New York. I was in art school. I went to NYU for art school And um, I was living in the East Village and I was thankfully being supported by my parents while I was in college. So I was in a good place. I was living with um, two artists who were out of school and I was sharing an apartment with them and paying like a thousand dollars a month for my room in that apartment in the East Village. And I was walking down the street one day 
And one of my neighbors was outside and there had always been, I was on this brownstone, brownstone block. So it was beautiful, all brownstones. I was at the end, not in a brownstone. <laughs> and there was this one building that they had painted purple on the outside and it had this handmade wrought iron gate in front. And it was like very magical feeling. Um, so I always was curious about like the purple building. And one day there was a woman outside and she was sweeping in the front of the building. And we just started talking like neighbors because we were in the East Village very far in Alphabet City. So we didn't have a lot of like through traffic. So we just started talking to each other and she told me that she wasn't paying rent to live in that building. And my eyes lit up and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that was a possibility that that even existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she told me that they had converted the downstairs apartment into a theater, a little like black box theater, 40 seat theater. And she was putting on a, a play that she wrote and directed. So she was talking to me because she wanted me to come and fill the room and go to her play. Right. So, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. I can't wait to go and see this building. So I went to the play and I went with the intention of finding out how I could get into this building. And, you know, the play was actually really good and I enjoyed myself. And I met there were two people at the time who were running the building and I had talked to them afterwards and I was like, Hey, you know, I would love an apartment here. Is there an apartment available? And they said, well, actually there is one apartment available in the building and it's for someone who can design a website for our theater because there was no website for the theater. And this was over 20 years ago. There were no website plugins or platforms. You had to know HTML code. And I had never made a website before but I was in art school at NYU and I was taking a computer science class. And so I said, I can make a website for you. <laughs> and they gave me, I think it was like two weeks. They're like, okay, you've got two weeks, you know, to show us. So I taught myself HTML code and I made a website and the rest is history. I moved into the apartment and I was there for my entire twenties for over 10 years. It was my choice to leave. Um, and actually, I sold the apartment and made money off of it when I left. So, I mean, it was just this most outrageous story. Um, but it was so much fun. And the point of this story, really, I mean, it, uh, there's more to it, but um, is that I said yes, even before I was ready, number one. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people stop themselves when an opportunity presents itself and you're like, well, you know, I'm not qualified enough or I need to do all these things first. We never feel ready for anything, right? But if the universe is presenting an opportunity, it's like it's there for us, right? There are no accidents or mistakes in the universe. And we're always in the right place at the right time. There's always some opportunity, even when it doesn't feel that way. Um, and it feels like an obstacle. So I was like, yes, okay, you know, this is what I want. I'm going to figure it out. Um, and, and then I did. And then that opportunity led to actually so much more that I even, you know, wasn't even thinking. I was just thinking rent-free, right? And I knew that once college was over, my parents were going to stop supporting me. So I needed to figure it out. And then boom, this perfect situation appears. Um, and then the theater, we used to put on concerts and plays every Christmas time. The jazz musician, Wynton Marsalis would play a show for us, a little private concert. And in, I think it was 2003, we recorded the live concert and put out an album with Blue Note Records. And it was nominated for a Grammy. You can listen to it. It was called Live at the House of Tribes. Um, but so many amazing stories. And it led to me having like a little career as a web designer while I was in college. That was like how I made my money because I knew web design. And I did websites for all of my favorite things, which is kind of like the connection that we had, which we didn't even realize. Like I did websites for my favorite vegan restaurants, like Candle Cafe and Candle Cafe. Nice. And, you know, like Augusta's Luscious Chocolates, like all my favorite things, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Um, and movie, um, you know, uh, film festivals and mm -hmm. just fun things. So anyway, um, yeah, just a, a really fun story. And because of that, like if I love to take a thread of your life and kind of weave it through different moments that feel like insignificant. But if mm. you think about significant things in your life, like my soulmate, Amayo, and how I met him, um, it was actually because of that apartment, really, like if I trace it all the way back, right? Like 
then, you know, saying yes to that, learning web design, meeting the owners of Candle Cafe, doing their website, allow me to be at this party, you know, that they were having years later, you know, that then I met this one musician, became friends with, and then through him, I met Amayo, right? So then it's like, boom, oh, wow, look at how the universe yeah. is always guiding me to everything, you know, at the right time. Um, and also, I think our brain, we, our subconscious mind can only process what we know, right? So there's so much there for us, like in terms of possibility that we can't even see because we've never experienced it. And I always say this, but everything that you know you want, that you want to manifest, it's like on your dream list, you don't know what it's going to feel like because you've never experienced it before, right? You want it. And so anything new is going to feel uncomfortable, because it's new. You're comfortable with everything you have around you. And I think for so many of us, it's just reframing discomfort as a good thing, right? Like, oh, this is what I want to keep feeling because when I'm uncomfortable, it means I'm about to experience something new, which is what I want, right? And so it's like, it's being okay with stepping out of your comfort zone with, yeah. with trying, you know, going for something. And I always say too, it's like, ordering at a restaurant, like the universe is the kitchen, right? And you're going to receive your order. Even if you're at a restaurant, it's taking a long time, you know, and you're sitting there like starving, you can flag down the waiter and be like, Hey, can you check on my order? You know, you're not going to leave hungry. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, it's also trusting the whole process, like really expecting that it's all going to work out because it goes back to what I said in the beginning, your imagination is how you, tap into your intuition. So you're not just imagining, you're actually receiving what's going to happen. And if you have this outrageous, crazy belief, no one else around you has to believe it, just you, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're like, oh my gosh, that is going to happen versus I'm just trying to do that or I want that, you take action from a place of expectation and it actually makes you not needy, which you think it would be like, you're not actually attached at all because you trust it's going to happen. So when you make an offer on your dream house, you don't need the offer to be accepted because you know, hey, if this isn't accepted, I'm still getting my dream house, right? It's like this or something better, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know, it's all working out because you saw that you're going to be in your dream house or with your, you know, dream partner or whatever it is. Um, and so it's really operating from that place of trust, and that really does make a huge difference. Yeah, no, I love the metaphor that you use um, about the the universe being the kitchen and placing your order because that that is so true. It's when you're at a restaurant, unless something goes very, very wrong, <laughs> you are eventually getting your food. It's just, it might take a little bit longer. It might not show up looking the way that you thought it would. It might yep. come via a different waiter, whatever it's going to be. And when you say that you can flag the waiter down just for a little check-in, I feel like, yeah. yeah, I feel like that is the examples that you've given. And full disclosure, you and I have worked together in a coaching module, which I loved and I got so much out of it just because I, I, I really honestly feel that the way that you work and the, the language that you choose and the exercises and the visualizations, it just resonated with me. That's not to say that it's the same for everybody, but I loved that metaphor because it's not only about putting in your order with the kitchen of the universe, but when you say you flag your waiter and ask for a little check-in, that's where you would say you now look for signs and synchronicities in the world. And that is validation that the things are coming together for you. And so even if it's not the thing that you ordered, you get a little glimmer, you get a little flicker every once in a while that it's like a little wink from the universe. Like, Hey, I got you. Just sit back and be patient. Your, you know, your cheeseburger's coming. Right. And what you focus on expands. Right. And I remember talking to you about this at one point, like we can, you said you can prove yourself right either way. Right. We can find signs as to why everything is working out for us or we can sit there and find reasons why everything is not working out for us, right? It's a choice. And in quantum physics, we call it the participatory universe, right? We are participants. We are not victims of our circumstances. It doesn't mean shit doesn't happen, right? To us or for us, whatever, how you want to look at it. But it means we get a choice in how we respond in mm -hmm. any situation, right? By being a participant, we can change the way we are being and responding, which then change that, changes the outcome in the next second. And I love to think of it, what you said, like, finding signs and synchronicities that you're in the right place. Like when you set an intention for what you want in your life, you're planting seeds, right? And first those seeds grow 
roots down in the soil to have a solid foundation. And so all you see around you is dirt, right? And then all of a sudden little sprouts grow up above the surface. And most people see those sprouts and they're like, oh, it's just a sprout. I wanted a tree, (laughs) right? But instead, if you could see those sprouts and celebrate, oh my gosh, that sprout is the tree. That sprout is going to become the tree if I continue to nurture and water it, right? So celebrate those small little winks, those small synchronicities, because they become the bigger things, right? So I think that's so important. And, you know, everyone talks about gratitude and having a gratitude practice. It, It really is not just like, okay, you have to write your gratitude every day, you know, um, three things that you're grateful for. Yes, that's wonderful. We're reprogramming your brain really to look for the good, to find evidence that it's out there, right? And so gratitude and the practice of writing it down is wonderful. You don't have to do it every day for the rest of your life, but there's a reason why we're looking for the good, right? To see the signs that they are there all the time, you know? And that's how I've got clients who are like, you know, one of my clients, he was, um, working on a business deal, um, a, a real estate deal with someone in another state. And he was in Virginia and this, you know, other person was somewhere in the South. Anyway, he's on vacation in, in Martha's Vineyard and he's at, um, in, in line at a restaurant getting takeout with his family. And it, there's a little bit of a wait. And so he starts talking to the woman next to him. And she happens to be from the same exact small town as this place that he's trying to do a real estate deal in, in another state. And he's like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. I've been trying to reach so-and-so, the name of this guy, and I haven't been able to reach him. Do you happen to know him? And she smiles and she says the name back. Oh, you mean so-and-so? And he's like, yeah. And she looks to her husband and says, that's my husband. (laughs) He's right there in line at the same restaurant on vacation in a totally different state. So they ended up meeting, like setting up a time, doing business later. I mean, but that's exactly it. Like the universe is always giving you everything you need. If you're open, if you're paying attention, he could have not talked to her, right? It just happened the other day. I was at a Grammy party. My my love is a Grammy nominated musician. We went to this party the other night here. And um, I just was, I was standing next to this guy and I turned next to him. I'm like, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? He tells me where he's from. He says he's from Boston. I was like, no, where are you really from? I could hear an accent. And then he says, oh, I'm from Nigeria. Oh, my love is from Nigeria. Like what part? They're from the same exact town, the same exact tribe. You know, I could have not said anything to him, but I, something, you know what I mean? Told me, oh, just that's it. Everything you need is right in front of your nose all the time. If you can just open your eyes to see it. I love it. I think that's, I mean, there's so much, well, first I wanted to tell you because I thought of you the other day when I, I actually did a recording on this. It was like one of my little Tuesday tidbit things, but I put that practice, that very practice that you taught me into motion because I started off this year, you know, clean slate 2024. What am I going after? What do I really want to bring in? And I was like, joy is a really big thing for me. Like, I feel like I need to call more joy into my life. And there's a lot of things to celebrate and all of that. And I was in a particularly crappy mood a couple of weeks ago. It was, you know, the weather, January, gray, New York, whatever. And I was trudging up my block to the subway. And I just started doing the little mantra in my head. I was just like, find joy, find joy, find joy. And I shit you not, I looked down and there was an Almond Joy wrapper from a candy bar <laughs> on the street and it was torn. So the only thing that you could see was the word joy. And I <sighs> laughed out loud so hard. I just stopped and I was like, there it is right there, guys. Like if you need any other evidence. And I totally thought of you and I waited until we were going to have this conversation so that I could share that with you. Oh my um, God. It's so perfect. What a good extreme example. Right? I know, but that's, I mean, and that's why to tie it back to, we're talking about the big picture and, and the concepts and what you, what you do and what people can do, but the work that you do, that's such a huge part of your practice is just really coaching and helping people to see those things. Like in another scenario, I probably wouldn't have noticed, but because I had this little tool in my brain of, okay, here, you know, I need to reframe. I need to start looking for the things because that's what, you know, when you get off course, you need to bring yourself back and start looking for the little miracles and the, the winks and the glimmers. 
And then that happened. And so I felt like I owed that to you because you are, that's such a huge part of what you do is like just showing people you're not doing anything and no one else is coming in to intervene. It's like just showing people that they have this tool within them, that they actually are able to do it. And and you're the biggest cheerleader for helping people to understand that they all have that kind of magic ability. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And I think we often, we lose faith for ourselves somewhere along the way. You know, we're just like insecure about not being good enough or whatever it is, or an obstacle shows up, or we don't give ourselves permission to dream even bigger. I think a lot of times people, people come to me with what they think is their big dream. And I'm like, oh yes, of course that's happening. And I see it going even bigger. Right. And it's like, whoa, you know, wow, you do. And, you know, being able to then like bridge that gap and see giving yourself permission to go even bigger. Right. Cause why not? Right. We're here to create things on a physical level. Let's live out the most outrageous things we can possibly dream up for ourselves. At least put them in our, in our, in our, the forefront of our minds so that they feel like they're possible. Um, so, okay. Taking the other angle, taking the other side of the table for a moment, because like I said, I know that this type of conversation, this topic sometimes elicits eye rolls and people just feeling like, oh my God, I can't believe here we are again. But what do you say? (laughs) I mean, what, what, what can you say to somebody who's like, okay, well just this means that now I have to just be Sally smiles all the time and I have to be super optimistic and I have to be like putting out positive vibes everywhere. And what if I'm just feeling like I don't feel positive today and I don't feel, I can't get there. Yeah. You don't need to be positive all the time. I think that's where people get it wrong is they think I have to be like pretend positive in order to manifest my dreams. And actually, you know, emotion, the root word of emotion is motion. We are meant to feel our feelings. It goes back to what I just talked about in, in quantum physics and how everything is vibrating, right? So if we have some sort of emotion coming up and we're upset, we're pissed off or whatever, we're disappointed, like feel your feelings. You're not messing anything up. If we could have an instant manifestation, like I said, and a million dollars would fall from the sky, then every single thought would affect you know, the outcome, but one thought or one day, you know, a feeling in a funk is not going to mess you up. And I think people come to me all the time being like, what am I doing wrong? And I always say, that's not the right question to ask. Like we could go down that hole if you want to, but what's purpose does it serve? Right? Like Mm -hmm. I, like I could examine all the things I'm doing wrong, but why? Like instead, what do I want? And then how am I going to get there? Like, let's focus on that, but don't feel like you, you know, have to be positive all the time because again, manifesting isn't just this one instantaneous thing and it's the repetition of thoughts over time. So yes, you know, I might be upset, but then how can I get myself back into a a good feeling place the fastest? So I don't stay depressed for a week. Right. So I can kind of bounce back. I might have a moment and then it's like, okay, what's still good right now? And I think gratitude as you know, whatever cheesy as it sounds, it really is a great tool for grounding because you're like, what is still good in this moment? What is still okay right now? Even though all this is happening or I might feel anxious or whatever, like right now in this moment, let's look around the room. What's here? You know, okay. You know, and then amplifying all the good things that are still there, but not being afraid of, of having a bad thought or being negative. That's totally fine. (laughs) It's, you know, and, and, again, it's just, what are my consistent thoughts, right? Like, but don't, I, I never, manifesting comes from a feeling place. And so, you know, the way that I teach and the tools and practices that I teach, it's not, you have to do it this way or else you're screwed, right? I don't think that works because everything feels different to everybody. So Mm -hmm. it's finding what feels good for you, right? Here are the tools, here are the different ways in which you can get there, but ultimately you get to decide, right? Like what, what avenue is going to feel right for you. Um, and it's, again, it's a choice. I love how too, I wanted to bring back the thing that you were talking about too, with ordering at the restaurant, right? The universe is the kitchen and how, you know, I said like, you might, you know, have to flag down the waiter and remind them of your order, but you're still going to be served. And I think too, so often we feel bad about reminding people about our dreams or sending little nudges. I, I like to call them gentle nudges. Like, you know, people want to help you. And I, I think I have this belief, like, and I tell 
my clients, like everyone wants to help, right? It feels good to help. If you remember a time, we've all helped someone in some way, like someone asks us to recommend your favorite restaurant because they're in town and you're like, oh yes, you should go to this place. You know, it's the best food. It feels good to help that person, right? Even if you're not doing anything, but just texting a recommendation. And so if it feels good to help, right? When you ask, you're giving someone the opportunity to feel good. So don't ever be afraid of asking because you're mm. giving someone the opportunity to feel good. And, you know, I gave the example of like being in line at the same place at the same time. Other people are meant to play their part in your big dream because your big dream is a part of somebody else's big dream too, in a different way, right? Like their big dream is to produce this podcast or, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, right. My big dream is to have this podcast. And then boom, you come together and it, it gets even better, right? And so it's like, if I don't ask, I'm never allowing myself to be open to that opportunity, right? Of, of the right connections. And really it's about staying open to connections, right? Mm -hmm. To receiving and being vulnerable is actually being available for connection and not being afraid to share what you're excited about. Because again, it's that vibration, that enthusiasm. If you're sure of yourself, not questioning, but you're like, I'm doing this thing and you have the enthusiasm, other people want to join up, right? And and help you make it happen because they're so excited about it too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I love that. I think that that's, I think that's important for a lot of, for a lot of people to hear because I think that so many of us get into this mindset of, um, you know, we're either too proud to ask for help or we don't want to be a burden or a nuisance to ask someone for help. Or there's, we can come up with a million reasons why we don't want to put ourselves out there, quote unquote, to ask for help. Just what you said, it makes us vulnerable, et cetera. But the reality is, again, yeah, it's think about it from the other person's point of view. If they can do something to help you, like that's like a little chuck on the chin for them. Like that's, that's a nice yeah. feeling for them. So you think about it like, oh, maybe my asking you for help is actually a gift to you. And you use that gift sparingly. You don't ask the same person a dozen oh, times for a dozen different <laughs> favors and all that, right. but. Right. But it's like, yeah, not feeling guilty for asking. Cause if they'll say no, like, don't, you know, don't, I, I always say, and I say it in my book, like go for the no, because if you don't, make an outrageous ask. Like, what if they say yes? You know, what yeah. if you got exactly what you wanted? And so like, be okay with getting a no, you're not attached, like, and be proud of how you're showing up, not attached to the results of your actions, but be proud of how you are showing up. If you feel good and you're in alignment with yourself, that's all that matters. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously if you're doing good in the world, not hurting anyone. Right. But it's about like, how am I showing up? I'm proud of myself for asking in the first place, whether I got rejected or not who cares? But like, I'm so proud of myself for going for it. Yeah. And I think that attitude or, and you know, people send me, I tell people, send me a gentle nudge. Like if I say yes, that I'm going to do this for someone, cause I want to do it for someone. I don't ever get annoyed that they reminded me that I said I would do this for them. Right. Um, so it's kind of shifting the way that we look at things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's what so much of this is about. It's perception, it's shifting, it's I think the language piece of it is also big for you. I know one of the other really wonderful nuggets that I took away from working with you was, you know, as it pertains to business and, and, and we should also distinguish that you work with people in a range of areas. It's not just about personal growth. Sometimes it's more specific to growing a business or making a huge change. And, and I think that you have, you have great insights and, and guidance in those areas as well. Um, but so one of the nuggets that I thought was so meaningful was turning, I can't into, well, how can I, it's not about yes. what you can and can't do. It's actually just, how do you do it in a way that's different than the way that you think that you can't do it? Yes. Oftentimes people think it needs to be an affirmation and they think I can't should become, I can, but the problem is it's that fake positivity that we talked about. You say, I can, you're like saying a mantra, but you don't believe it. Right. And you're saying like, or you're like, again, I, a simple example is like saying I'm a millionaire. And then you look at your bank account and it's like withdrawn. Right. And so you're feeling worse actually, because you're saying this thing that you're repeating over and over again. So instead it's, how can I, how can I be a millionaire? Or how can I, you know, sell this business or whatever it is, you know, and then it opens you up to receiving 
ideas from yourself, the universe, whatever, right? And you're looking for ways versus closing yourself off. Like I said, the process is so much more about being open and receiving all along the way. So Mm -hmm. how can I, when you open it up to a question, ideas come in, you know, and you're still able to show up and it still is believable because you're saying, I don't know, I might not have all the answers, but I'm open to receiving them. I'm open right. to finding a way. I'm going to take this next step that I know, right? And same thing with what if. We could go what if worst case scenario, or we could go what if best case scenario, right? It's a choice. And and sometimes people are afraid to go into what if worst case scenario, but it's okay. You can go there for a minute and then you might find out that it's actually not as bad as you thought, right? And then you can go back into best case scenario and be like, ooh, this feels better. I'm going to stay here, right? The other language we frame, I'm glad you brought this up that I wanted to share is changing. I have to, to, I get to, yeah, because it's the, yeah, it's the same thing on your list, right? It's the same stuff you're going to do, or you have to do like, you know, picking your kids up from school. But if you change it to, I get to pick my kids up from school, you find the good in it. Mm-hmm. You realize you're not a victim of your circumstances. You chose to have kids or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And so it, you, you've got the lens of gratitude. You've got the lens of I'm in control of my life, right? You're finding the good and it's a choice. I get to do this. I'm never stuck in any situation. Yeah. I always have the power to choose again. Yeah. I love that. So, um, what are some of the, and I think we just covered a couple of them in terms of even just <laughs> thinking about this language and flipping the switch, but what do you feel are little mini exercises that anybody who is listening can do starting today that, and then I want to also have you explain a bit about how you work with people and and the options that exist there. But if somebody is just hearing this and saying, okay, I'll, uh, I'm game. Give me a shot. Let me try that like joy thing that Erica was just talking about. Like what, what do you, what are your, a couple of little quick exercises that you recommend? Yeah. One thing that I didn't share yet, which I think is really helpful, um, is if you're finding things get are feeling difficult for you or you're getting frustrated, like things aren't working out for you, or it's feeling like it's too hard is to ask yourself these two questions. Number one, how can I make it easier? And number two, how can I make it more fun? So how can I make it easier? How can I make it more fun? Because again, it's just taking yourself out of this pressure scenario and, and coming back into a place of play and Hmm, you know, how can I approach this situation from a different perspective? It really, really shifts things because I find that when you over effort, it's because you don't trust it's all working out. You can, you might have a period where you're working harder, right? Or you've got a deadline or you're, you're taking inspired action, you know, as an artist or whatever, but it's a different feeling than over efforting because you don't trust it's going to happen. And you think that you have to make it happen, that you Mm -hmm. alone are doing it versus you know, you're co-creating with the universe. So how can I make it easier? Oftentimes like we're overcomplicating things and it's like, oh, I could just do this one thing. Right. Um, and boom, it's, it's easy. And how can I make it more fun? Because everything is connected. And so you might have one goal that you're working on, but, um, if you're feeling like it's really hard, you could do something that brings you joy. Like you said, finding joy, but doing something that you love on a regular basis, it's so simple, but it really does make a difference because then you're showing up different, right? Mm -hmm. Your energy is different. It's, you know, you're talking about health and wellness and it's like, what's going to be good for me today? What does my heart want most today? Like, okay, maybe I'll go for a walk or, you know, maybe it is working out or eating healthy. It's not because there are rules. It's because it's going to make me feel good, right? It's going to bring me joy. I love to ride my bike. I'm going to go for a bike ride. You know, what is something that's going to bring me joy and shift my vibration so I can show up differently. And when we do that and we make time and prioritize that, then we come back to whatever it is from a different place and we're more productive. Um, so I think those are good questions to ask. And then flipping your to-do list. And, you know, again, I get to do these things. I don't have to, but prioritizing the biggest dream. So often we put that big you know, pie in the sky thing on the back burner because we're so busy taking care of all the other things that we've got rolling, you know? And so then that thing stays there on the back burner. We never focus on it. And I said, what you focus on expands. So just by putting that last thing first, right? And prioritizing the thing that actually you're the most excited about, even though it's the scariest, if you prioritize it and take teeny little action steps on it, 
every day, I promise you it's going to be real way faster than you even thought because you're actually focused on it. And then, oh my God, that's when like a new business is actually happening and you know, like boom, 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 like faster than you ever thought because you're just doing it. Yeah. And that's acting as if acting as if isn't fake it till you make it, which a lot of people think acting as if is how can I become my future self now? If I want all these things, what would I do? How would I show up? What's one thing I can do now to make it real, right? It's a different feeling. It's not feeling, you know, like you're a fraud. No, it's stepping into your future self now. And it doesn't have to take longer than you think, you know, um, real quick. I, you mentioned my book story, right? So I had the idea to write a book and I literally just said it out loud. Oh, I think I have a book within me. I was on a call with my coach at the time. I never thought about writing a book before. And I just was like, Ooh, book idea, you know? And she said, awesome, Jen, like, great. I can help you. She didn't say, well, that's stupid, Jen. Like you don't have enough experience and you've never written a book before. So it also is important to surround yourself with people who are going to be believing eyes. Right. And, and saying, yes, that's possible because we've got so many naysayers in our life in general. Right. So I just had that belief. Okay, great. I can write a book. And literally a week later, I get an email from a publishing house asking me to write a book. They were like, oh, we love your voice on your blog. We'd love for you to write something like Manifesting Made Easy. And I thought, this is really a crazy coincidence, even for me as the queen of manifestation. I just said it a week ago and here I get an email and I thought it must be some sort of scam. Like they want me to pay them to write a book, but I Googled the publishing house. It was a real publishing house. My dream publisher was Simon and Schuster. And this was a publisher I'd never heard of, but I I liked their title. So I agreed to get on the phone. They offered me a paid book deal to write my book. And while I am writing my book, my small publishing house gets bought by Simon and Schuster, my dream publisher. So I'm a Simon and Schuster published author. It happened way easier, way faster than I thought it had to happen, right? Like there's always, the the universe is so magical. And so, you know, you think it has to take a long time. I've got to write a book proposal, do all this first. And it's like, what if it could all come together easier, right? What would be fun? Like, and just, I still took action, right? And I said yes to the opportunities. And I think that's so key. It's like, you're clear on what you want. Opportunities come in. And if it feels exciting, like say yes, explore it. Don't turn it off because it's not the exact match to what you thought it was going to be, right? Like stay open to exploring. It's not maybe what I thought, but this is still in alignment with what I want. And then it can kind of become what's best for you, right? And then that opportunity becomes something else. And, you know, boom, boom, boom. It's a a ripple effect. So- Mm -hmm. Stay open, look for those signs, say yes to the opportunities that are showing up for you. And the thing is about all of this, it's just common sense to me. And it's like, well, okay, even if you have, if you want to come out and set out to prove that none of this is possible, like you can't actually prove it's not possible, which means that it is possible. And it just, to me is like, it's common sense. Like, what does it hurt to stay open? What does it hurt? What does it cost you to just look at things a different way or, or, talk to yourself in a different voice than you're used to. What, like, what is it actually going to cost you? That's what I come back to. So yeah. Yeah. Just play like, okay, I don't believe this, but I'm just going to play. Right. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to write out my intentions. (laughs) You know, I'm going to place my order to to the universe. I'm going to look for signs. I'm going to, you know, be grateful, be proud of myself on a regular basis, right. Not attached to the results of my actions and love up on myself. I'm going to show up from that place. I'm going to do what I love. You know, I'm going to, shift when I'm feeling like I'm over efforting. Cause I, I trust that it's happening. I'm not just imagining I'm intuiting. And if I trust, I don't care what happens if I get rejected or not. Cause I know ultimately I'm always in the right place at the right time. Things are working out and it's exciting, right? We're like, we're looking for the good. And when we show up that way, energy is felt, right? So I love yeah. it. It's like a nice little sprinkle of joy on a cloudy, yucky day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So how are you? I know you have your book and you do podcasts every once in a while, but what does your practice look like or what is your, what's your business look like for Mm. people who want to have an opportunity to work with you one way or another? So um, I have a program called Manifestation Masters uh, that is for anybody who wants to learn kind of how to 
use these tools that I'm talking about to change the way they're showing up in the world consistently to get new results. So that is like kind of a deep dive into changing your mindset and taking new action and allowing yourself to experience things super fast. Um, that's a 40 day program. Um, that's for anybody, any dream, any gender. And then I work with people privately and in my mastermind called the Manifestation Club, um, who are business owners. Um, I work with a lot of women um, who are entrepreneurs or want to, you know, launch new things or, you know, take a new step in their business and in their relationships also um, to kind of experience things on a, a bigger level, like invite in more. Things are good and they could be even better, right? Yeah. In, in all areas. So those are people um, you can reach out on my website, queenofmanifestation.com and find out how to work with me more privately and in depth, um, which is super fun to see things happen. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting that so many of your clients are women and it's not a coincidence, obviously. I mean, I think we are just finally waking up to understand how to think a little bit bigger for ourselves and stop putting everybody else's needs and priorities before our own because we got to show up for ourselves first. And if it takes a little bit of a, a group therapy session or a coaching session or how, how by whatever means necessary, if you can get there to just start using your voice. I mean, I think even for me, who I feel I'm a pretty confident person. I've got a pretty strong personality, a big personality that has always been the case for me since, you know, I was a theater kid, shocker there. But I found that I had lost my voice completely. And I think that I didn't even realize it until, you know, I worked with you and then I worked with a therapist and I, I just started paying attention in a different way and realized how not showing up I was. It's not English, but you know what I mean? Like how not yeah. present I was for myself and how I was really letting things pass by and sort of letting my life happen to me instead of for me and all of that. And um, yeah, it just makes an enormous difference. And sometimes all it is, is just having that outside perspective of somebody saying, do you hear yourself? And oftentimes the answer is no. So mm -hmm. it, it is nice to have that, that little North star for, for somebody yeah, even this podcast and, you know, like all of it, it's like a result of the work that we did together, which I love so much because you're stepping into your power fully, right? And it's like being okay, claiming that, like, actually, yeah. this is what I want. And and sometimes we we have dreams and we've manifested them and we think that we need to stay because it was our dream before, right? And it's like, well, maybe that's an old dream and, and I'm ready to do something else and giving ourselves permission for that too, yeah. which is totally fine. We don't need to feel guilty. We can do it in a beautiful way, right? So it's just, we're always evolving. There's something that's calling you. And so it's like giving yourself permission to step into that. Mm, I love it. I love it. Um, okay. Well, I think that's a good place to put a pin in things for now, but I feel like there's so many more. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of questions about this conversation and we might have to do a part two. <laughs> that's fine too. I love you so much. I'm like, I'm happy to come back. We can go deeper. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, I think this is a good primer, a good overview. And I want everybody to start doing some of these exercises now and share with me on social and share with Jen on social, whatever progress you're making. Cause I think there's going to be a lot. Yeah. Aww. Thank you so much for being with me today, Jen. Thank you for having me. So happy. Yeah. Okay. Till next time. Thanks for listening to All Too Well, guys. And as always, I am accepting stars, reviews, all of the above. They don't cost you anything and they mean a lot to me. So if you do have time, head on over to Apple Podcasts and throw me a few stars and, uh, you know, just do a good turn. Thanks. Thanks.